I was thinking that we're we're starting this podcast at an inflection where like podcasters are now characters in horror movies. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've seen one survive a horror movie yet. I don't I don't think I can think of one either. I can think of two examples. Like it's kind of like it used to be like the citizen journalist like website type yeah. character, someone with a tiny little camera going around. Yeah, a reporter, a local reporter, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. annoying people uh, until they're <laughs> yeah off nosy. <laughs> yeah, so like, and I guess the two I could think of were uh, in terms of podcasters. Well, wait, you got one. Say it. Halloween. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you know twenty eighteen? I was thinking the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 2022 oh i did i hadn't gotten to that one yet and that's what we what we're well thinking that's a perfect one to bring up because we're going to talk about fede alvarez in a minute oh sick the other one is uh bodies 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 oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh yeah (laughs) i think that's rachel senate's character Yeah, yeah 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 i i think we'd make it we'd be the podcasters to survive yeah may we could get pretty scrappy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right. Should we start this episode? Yeah. Friday, Ralph. Cheers. Cheers. Happy Friday, Sam. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Good. Yeah. Oh, before we get into the, the how are you's too far, I want to thank Mario, Meow Rio, <laughs> as he uh, donated to the show. Oh, thanks, Mario. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. I hope you have a... Uh, Scary life <laughs> for each month that you're subscribed. We're threatening you. To the show. <laughs> yeah. uh, but if other people want to do that, you're welcome to. We don't do bonus content yet, uh, but there's a link in the show notes if you feel like putting a little quarter in the tip jar. Yeah. yeah you yeah. could also, if you had a suggestion of maybe something we could visit for bonus material. Oh, I would love that. Yeah, I would love, love to hear suggestions and feedback from people. Like, they can reach out to us at screamingroompod at gmail.com if you want to. Or when you donate money, you could put a comment. Because <laughs> <laughs> that I will definitely read. <laughs> yes. 
Um, sounds like you're doing well. Is that what you said? You're doing good? I didn't, yeah. I didn't hear yeah. anything too it's, negative in there. Yeah. It's another week of summer. It's feeling good. It's a nice cool day. We got yeah. all the windows closed. It's got like a little break today. Oh my God. Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. We just went through the uh, 4th of July. That's right. I almost said weekend there, but it was a Tuesday. <laughs> Decisively not the weekend. Four-day weekend for some people. Yeah, I think what I've kind of <laughs> noticed this year is like having 4th of July on a Tuesday just means like that week didn't happen. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> that ti- that time between like Christmas and New Year's where it's like, come on. Yeah. No, no one's doing shit. No one's like, doing just shit. Everyone should have this off. Yeah. Like, it's absurd. Did you watch any fireworks this year? No. Good. I watched some fireworks in a couple movies that I watched. Ooh, we're going to get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't either. We've been, my, my partner and I have been, like, anti-firework for a little bit. It's just too much of a hassle. Yeah. Like, we can kind of crawl around somewhere on the hill on the hill here and get an okay view of them. Yeah. But it's just like so late by the time they go off at 10:15 I'm like eh, I kind of want to be drunk. Yeah. Like <laughs> I want to be walking around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh but thank God this year like we are at like an intersection where people like to set off their own fireworks. Yeah. Yeah, with two cats. It's so frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we effectively got the message across last year when we were screaming at people to fuck off that uh, they didn't come back this year. Yeah. This is not the neighborhood for that. No. Yeah. No, Up north where I live in sort of the Greenwood area, it we get a lot of people lighting off fireworks in the neighborhood. Yeah, you kind of started to mention that to me. Yeah. It... It gets so loud. It's just really unnerving. And we do want to, I, I live with someone who has a cat and the cat was definitely spooked and was hiding. So I was kind of just at the apartment it's on the so fourth, sad. watching movies, hanging out, just being around in case the cat was feeling a little more brave. But yeah, it went on pretty late too. That just sucks. Oof. Our downstairs neighbor, the one, if you'll, if you'll recall from last episode, uh, introduced or gave me the extended edition twilight franchise to watch maybe that's two episodes ago i'm already losing track (laughs) our catalog is so deep it's so deep it's hard to tell when i've talked (laughs) about stuff in previous weeks which is kind of cool we're just gonna keep bringing up the same shit over and over again (laughs) this week's twilight chat (laughs) but they like their dog is so sweet tiny little thing Mm -hmm. they set up his uh a little like shelter in the bathtub in preparation for our neighbors setting stuff yeah. off of, off of, in our intersection but thankfully that didn't happen so everyone got to go to bed by midnight yeah oh that's nice speaking of the 4th of July did you did you watch any any of the 4th of July themed horror movies or movies this last week i did actually well, sort of. It's I guess it's not well, it's explicitly Fourth of July themed, but I watched. I know what you did last summer. Great, we almost did that. The director commentary on on this DVD that my roommate has. Any fun takeaways? 
there was some fun stuff about Sarah Michelle Gellar's wig because of course at the time when the movie was being made I think she was just in the first season of Buffy and it was just starting to pick up so her 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 popularity was growing but she was signed on to do this show and she had a really nice you know length of hair and it's hard to make a wig cutting there's a scene where she gets her hair cut you know really randomly and creepily i guess the the killer creeps in and cuts a bunch of her hair off and it's hard to make a wig cut like that kind of look good and believable but she wouldn't have her own haircut because of course you know she's got other stuff going on but they ended up doing sort of like a some extent extensions but the scene where you kind of see her wake up with with the with the bad haircut you can clearly see that there's a really nice haircut underneath these kind of just <laughs> random chunks that are taken out but yeah it was a fun little watch there's some I some nice little details I didn't realize that that was around the same time as the first season of Buffy. I thought that she was kind of going from Buffy into. I might have that timeline wrong, but I'm pretty sure she was. She was definitely. The series was in some upswing of popularity or well into it. So she couldn't commit to having, you know, her own hair (laughs) hacked off. She's got got commitments. Yeah. Uh, What else did you watch? I not horror, uh, not genre horror related, but I finally watched Gone Girl, uh, the oh, David Fincher. We're both going to be talking about Ben Affleck movies this week. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, that was that was a fun one. It is fun. Yeah, it's a it's it's yeah. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's so outrageous, but it it's fun. It seems like a you know a really soapy dramatic just guilty pleasure kind of book that you would read at, on the beach <laughs> it's, kind of shit. It's trash. It is. It's total trash. It's, it's so fun. And uh, it's another Ben Affleck story about being trapped in a psychosexual Oh, <laughs> yeah. With his wife. After the, <laughs> the Adrian Lin movie with Anna Darmas and him. Yeah, what was that called? Deep again? Water. I Deep just had water. to pull it up. I couldn't remember it. Because whenever I hear the title, I confuse it with the like oil rig explosion movie that like Mark Wahlberg was in or whatever. Oh God, I missed that one. That's fine. I did too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It came out like I feel like that came out like six months after that happened. <laughs> like was, they were already ready. They were like making an oil rig explosion movie and just waiting for one to happen. And they're like yep. now it's like like playing double dutch. Just yeah. like waiting for one of these things to go off. Uh what else did you watch? I watched Fast X. I still haven't done it yet. Very fun. I won't say I won't say much about it other than it's very fun. They do what they do best. Family, cars. They do a little bit better with the uh, the villains, I think. This time they're having really a lot of fun, and it's you know over the top. And I've heard rumors that Jason Momoa is queer coded in that. Oh, I didn't want to even say that because I didn't want to give that away. But since you already know it, yeah, I'm like bring back the queer coded. No, no, don't even code him. Just make him overtly queer. (laughs) I just want like an overtly (laughs) queer villain. Like do it. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's not like the the fucking 30s anymore where you have to just sort of like make the villain kind of like foppish. Yeah. To, like, yeah. make him seem a little queer. Yeah. Uh, but it's fun. 
Uh, I can't wait for you to watch that. It'll, it'll be fun. I will. It, it's in my plex. I'm looking forward to it. Just the last two kind of not not horror related, but horror adjacent just because of the director. I watched Spider-Man 1 and 2, the Sam Raimi versions recently. Oh, great. And they're fun. It's just there's a lot of camera work that, I mean, you, you see in some of his, the earlier er, Evil Dead movies of his that it's it's so fun and it like those feel like some really good comic book movies and it has that feel where it's doesn't take it t- itself too seriously but takes takes itself seriously enough but it, it has fun so yeah i i i really liked those i remember my <laughs> getting mad at my family for going to see i can't remember why they saw spider-man in theaters without me i was like why are you wanting to see <laughs> love spider-man 2 2 is the best yeah of those yeah. three I think that and X2. Like, yeah. Coming yeah. when I was growing up. It's like, exactly. those were the ones. Those are still two of the, I mean, I'm not, I don't think either of us are really plugged in to superhero movies anymore. Not particularly, no. Yeah. Those are ones that I still think would be like pretty enjoyable to watch. Yeah. And I yeah. love Alfred Molina. I was oh, just looking, Alfred I Molina. just rewatched his scene in Boogie Nights the other day. Oh, so God. I was like, I want to see this scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah. But yeah, they, Alfred Molina, the villain is Doc Ock and the second one is, is done so well. They yeah, did a rocks. good job with Willem Dafoe in the first one, but I wish they would have just gotten rid of the fucking mask that he wears and just let him be the goblin face because his face was so fucking ghoulish. animated and yeah ghoulish and the gargoyle like sort of like almost joker kind of grinch smile that he's able to do well while we're yeah. while we're talking about defoe robert eggers has said that he hopes that he can work with willem defoe in every single movie he makes going forward which oh. please oh my god uh filming i has wrapped the initial shoot of nosferatu oh wonderful i'm I, so excited i, I can't I can't wait for yeah. that. Oh. I, I'm so excited about it. Uh, anything else? No, that's that's pretty much it. Well, I well, why don't I start with my Ben Affleck one? Yeah. <laughs> I watched <laughs> from 2023 the movie Hypnotic. Uh, have you heard about this? By name. Okay. It's the one with all like the spiraling dominoes on the poster art. Okay. I'll pull it up for you while, okay. I'm, while I'm while I'm talking about it. It's a Robert Rodriguez movie, and I believe he'd been kind of kicking this uh, story around for a little bit. Okay, it's kind of a mix of Inception and Memento. Yeah, really, those two. Written by it seems like uh, someone who's been like huffing paint. I was gonna say, so this is confusing as shit, right? No, it's it's no? dumb as hell. <laughs> Well, it is confusing. It is confusing. Because, mm-hmm. like, every time they 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 introduce, like, a twist to this movie. So, so it's kind of an investigative thing. He's, like, looking for his missing daughter. He's a detective. But he's also investigating this guy who's robbing banks. And those two investigations kind of overlap in a way that's unexpected. And then they introduce, uh, pretty early on, psychic powers. Okay. So so Pete, they introduce this idea of an individual can be what's called a hypnotic. Okay. And a hypnotic will look at someone and say, isn't it hot today? And then that person will be like, you're right. I am literally on fire. I am dying from being on fire. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff. 
So it's like the pusher episode of the X-Files is, is, is okay. Most of it. And then in like the last 30 minutes, it's like the movie says, actually, never mind. It's something bigger and stupider than even that. It's, <laughs> it's deranged. You should 100% watch it. You should 100% watch it. I will. Ralph sitting across from me. I will. You, the listener at home, if you want to see some absurd bullshit that I just described to you <laughs> <laughs> on film, go for it. It is, it's bad. Buy, it is buy a, a bad movie. Buy a bottle of hypnotique and watch hypnotic. <laughs> get that blue bottle. Yeah. Get fucking twisted. Get faded. Get that blue mouth, blue teeth. Actually, I don't know if it if it left that that mark. No, it did. It, that stuff's garbage. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> but so, are you are you into like hypnotists, hypnotism? Since that SVU episode, you're like, I this need is the second more. episode that I have brought up hypnotism. <laughs> now that you mention it. Yeah, I'm looking through the IMDb tag of just hypnotist. Uh, no. <laughs> it's your question, not really. Especially not if it's done like this. If, if if I had an interest in hypnotists, mesmerism, whatever else, uh, this movie cured me of that. It's gone. It's gone. Yeah. No more. So I also decided to do uh, my other view. It's, since it was 4th of July week, I... I only had time to watch basically two movies and a handful of SVU episodes. Not worth mentioning. They were all pretty boring. A lot of stuff about Olivia's kid. Like, ugh. <laughs> um, I decided to watch a 4th of July movie. And I was... I, I had been going through a couple of lists to kind of jog my memory about what's out there. what's What kind of happens... Or what what films take place on the 4th of July. Mm-hmm. One of the big ones I didn't rewatch this year is um, Return of the Living Dead, which I forgot. It starts in the evening on July 3rd. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, But one I saw a couple people mention that I saw in theaters back when it came out in 2012 that I hadn't revisited is The Bay. (laughs) B-A-Y. Do you know this one? I definitely remember seeing the poster. It's sort of like an x-ray of a skull. a skull. Yeah, exactly. I remember that it's found footage, and that's yes. kind of all I remember about it. Yeah, it's... I I had not seen it since then. It hasn't gotten, like, a good release here. There's a DVD you can get. There's no, like... I think you have to import a Blu-ray to get it. Mm. So I found it through uh, legal channels. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize when I saw it at the or at the time that it came out back in 2012 that this was a bomb. It's it's not a cheap or it is a cheap movie. It's not mm-hmm. an expensive movie. It costs like two million dollars. I think it made just over a million bucks. Ooh, yeah, pretty rough. Directed by Barry Levinson, who made Diner, directed Diner, Good Morning Vietnam, Rain Man, Toys. Another catastrophe. Weg the dog hit and sphere. So he's like he's a somebody director. Yeah, I'm like, like those are all well known movies, or at least to me. Yeah. It seems oh oh to you know, spread the the array of genres there too. Yeah, and it's also produced by Jason Bloom. Bloomhouse. Okay. It does a good job of like there's always that question with found footage while you're watching it if like 
even the good ones like Blair Witch or whatever. Why are the, why do they keep filming this? Mm-hmm. Why is this going on? Put it down, run away. Exactly. You're yeah. fine. Cloverfield. Right. So this one is kind of after the events of this movie take place. It's one filmmaker has acquired all this footage through like a WikiLeaks thing release tranche. I think we call <laughs> a tranche of video and they've assembled this narrative from all these different sources. Okay. okay. So basic story of the Bay, if you don't remember, uh, is that I think it's, I, I don't know if it's explicitly South Carolina in the movie. I know that's where they filmed it. Might be Massachusetts in the movie, but mm-hmm. uh, they're doing their annual 4th of July rigmarole mm-hmm. and people start getting sick and getting rashy from exposure to the water. Mm. And it turns out that they're getting infected with these like giant isopod larvae that kind of grow inside them and then like burst out or like people see something that's so horrifying with these isopods bursting out of a body that they just kill themselves (sighs) or something like that. (laughs) It's the explanation for the crisis is a little all over the place, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's a really, really fun watch. I think I'm going to add it to my, uh, my yearly 4th of July roster. That sounds fun. Yeah. Yeah. So give it a go. go. It's a short one. Um, one last thought on this before I move on. They, there's a lot of really good gross out shots of like mm-hmm. these like monstrous isopods <laughs> throughout this movie because they look horrible. I mean, even most crustaceans are like bad enough mm-hmm. when you look at them. Delicious crabs, the rest, but these look so like tick like. Oh and, yeah, I mean they think they're pretty closely related. That when they get big, it's like that kind of uncanny grotesque feeling to seeing them yeah especially when they're eating a face or whatever um but when i was watching this i remembered that i saw a news story on cnn like in the last two months maybe a little bit more where there's a ramen restaurant in taipei that started serving this newly discovered giant isopod as part of their meals Oh, so I was disgusted when I saw this on on the news. Did they sh- they showed a picture of? of I'm going to show these you a look- picture okay, of good. it. Look at this thing. It's sitting. So it's oh. it's a giant isopod, and they like kill it. They like take the meat out of it or whatever, and then they like put the shell back on top of the ramen bowl. Ugh. It looks. Look at that. Oh, thing. that is disgusting. <laughs> that. It's so bad. Like, oh, it's, it's, oh my god! I'm gonna, is... I'm gonna have to put this. I will put this in this article in the show notes for people. These things that people are eating are the monsters in the movie The Bay. It's like, yeah, it's like a gross, big roly poly. It's got fourteen legs. Isn't oh. that gnarly? Oh, it's gnarly. Oh my god. <laughs> We're just going to sit here watching this video and react to it. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. I, I'm good with just regular chicken in my ramen or beef. <laughs> All right. That's the have watched. So let's move on to some news items. 
Barbieheimer craze has hidden its apex, Ralph. <laughs> yeah. If you're not familiar with this, Barbie and Oppenheimer are coming out on the same weekend. Let's say both of those movies have a very different vibe and people are memeing on it and they can't stop. And it's getting annoying because I'm on Twitter a lot and I don't know if you've noticed this. I know you're not on Twitter right now. I'm not right now. But the bots are out of control. And every time I, I see a tweet that's related to Barbie or Oppenheimer, it's like sit, half a dozen different bots like fighting each other in the replies to like post their own individual Barbieheimer t-shirt design. Oh my god. <laughs> you can buy on Public or whatever. <laughs> the, uh, the wish you were here one. Did you see that one? No, I didn't see that one. It looked one. like it. I'm like, oh, this is going to be on a t-shirt. It's the Pink Floyd Wish You Were Here, oh. and it's Barbie and Oppenheimer shaking hands. I can't. I, I think Oppenheimer's the one that's on fire. I would guess. Yeah. Anyway. I can't wait for both of those movies to come out, so this can So we stop. can stop it talking can stop. about it. <laughs> I saw a kind of a cool photo, though, of um, the IMAX film reel. Uh, oh yeah apparently the whole reel is 11 miles long that that disc of it just looks like it's i don't i don't know how what the diameter of it is. they i read that they had to actually print an extension for the usual plate i guess that they put it on oh because it wouldn't to accommodate it yeah yeah so (laughs) i saw some people making jokes about like can't wait to play this. My projectionist, Mr. Bean, is taking this reel <laughs> up the stairs right now. I was now. just thinking, like, how many people you'd need to, like, you know, like, set it into place. Like, it's not... It's got away it, a lot. Like, it looks like it's almost like a really big vinyl record. That's not how it's being played, obviously. But it looks like it's sort of a vinyl record that you, like, have to put on the, the center pole or whatever. And, yeah, you have someone that, like Mr. Bean at the helm and... <laughs> It ends up just on its side, just rolling all the way out the theater, just leaving the He's running down to, like, chase the end of it. (laughs) He's, like, staying in the projection booth, and he's doing, like, finger puppets, (laughs) making his little Mr. Bean noises. (laughs) I I mean, I'm excited to see both of those. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'm just kind of tired of this. Like I'm going to wait a couple weeks for people to get their double features. Annoying meme generated sort of bot just regurgitating it. Because some of the stuff is funny, but it's just like it gets just flooded with all of the same stuff over and over You know what it feels again. like? It feels like when people her- first heard about snakes on a plane <laughs> and like people couldn't stop laughing about how stupid that title was. Yeah. And, like all those jokes, like the, the peak of like graphic tee joke shirt era that era yeah yeah (laughs) are you more excited for barbie or oppenheimer you can say neither barbie yeah barbie (laughs) i mean i i am a christopher nolan fan i also love cillian murphy and i mean i'm sure this his oppenheimer story is going to be devastating and leave me feeling empty and questioning everything but i don't know yeah i want to see barbie has such a a significant part of my childhood that yeah i'm i want to see what what greta gerwig does with it and the cast looks really fun yeah absolutely. soundtrack looks banging yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. 
It looks like it's going to be at least like, even though it's a very cynical commercial tie-in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All movies are. It's fine. It's all corrupt. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to have my fun where I can have it. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of having fun, uh, a couple of publications I saw, they had published their their mid-year check-in for horror movies. Uh, The two that I saw, maybe we should do that. Oh, that'd be fun. At a certain point, we should do a list. Yeah, of our own. Yeah. Check-in. Yeah, kind of do a top 10. Yeah. Have a little back and forth. Mm -hmm. All right. Sound off in the comments if we should do that. <laughs> or we'll just do it anyway. Yeah. Um, so Variety and Bloody Disgusting both did that. I thought both lists were actually pretty good. I think between us, we've seen almost all of them. Cool. Uh, Variety had uh, a few honorable mentions, which were Megan, mm-hmm. Sick, which is oh, Kevin yeah. Williamson's return to the slasher genre. Mm-hmm. You just watched his I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yeah. And The Wrath of Becky, which I have not seen yet. Me either. I've seen that going around as a title that people seem to be kind of interested in. Yeah, it's a uh, sequel. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. To a 2020 movie that I didn't see that's about uh, killing neo-Nazis. So, good energy. Yeah. Yeah. I just watched Sisu, like we talked about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm down with more of that theme coming up in movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of quickly here, uh, the rest of their list, it starts with Knock at the Cabin, which I thought was very good. I still have to watch that. Influencer, which you and I watched, mm-hmm. which we was loved. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Blackening. Awesome. Thumbs up. Scream 6. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn 45. Hey. Awesome. Evil Dead Rise. Sweet. Infinity Pool. Oh, yeah. My most hated film of the year at number two. You hated it? Bo is Afraid is number two. Oh, no, sorry. I loved Infinity I, Pool. I thought you were talking about Infinity Pool. God, you were I was your, like, heart, what? your heart stopped I know. for a I second. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> sorry. Continue. Your most hated film My of most the hated year. film of 2023 is Bo is Afraid. I, I think I'm 30 minutes into it still, and I'm just sort of like, uh, maybe I'll come back to it and finish it. I'm a glutton for punishment, so the other night I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing this movie come up more and more as people are kind of doing these lists and mm-hmm. you know talking about what's come out this year and i'm like it it's it's that meme i felt like i turned into that meme where i'm i feel like i'm taking crazy pills <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i started to rewatch it i did i got about as far as you've gotten into it again so mm-hmm. far which is that opening section and it is like for ari aster pretty coherently directed yeah. it's yeah still not my favorite content Mm-hmm. in in a well-developed aesthetic like like it is it is a well-directed sequence it is yeah. it's still just gibberish to yeah. me like there's not a lot for me to grapple onto throughout especially a three-hour runtime mm-hmm. when every minute of the movie is about like what if this got a little bit worse <laughs> until it just kind of ends yeah <laughs> which is like i think i told you i started listening to a podcast at about the 80 minute mark in that movie <laughs> just in one year i'm like oh my god i'm so fucking checked out on this thing uh number one though skinnamarink yeah baby variety yeah uh, yeah god i love that movie what a divisive choice uh-huh a movie that people hated more than Bo is afraid probably wonderful <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, I, I like I like all those choices. Those are all fair choices. Those are great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we still have a lot of the year left to go. For we do movies that are coming out. Yeah, we're just past the halfway point. Yeah, uh, but kind of not not to like. I'm, I'm going to talk about this bloody disgusting list here. They did they did ten movies from the first half of the year. Not cool. going to double down too much. Huesera, excellent. Uh, that is definitely yeah. in my top ten for the year. Uh, missing. Oh, interesting. That's that's that sort of laptop mm-hmm. uh, drama or MacBook. Yeah, a uh, thriller MacBook where horror thriller. Yeah, it's not really a horror. It's more. It's a thriller. It's a, yeah, I thought that was excellent. I still have to see that because they did the that was. It's the same production or group that did. Oh, what was it called? <laughs> searching, uh, searching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Same filmmakers, same kind of idea. Screen based thriller where someone is using cell phones and laptops to track someone down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Both of those are really good. Cool. Totally worth a fucking watch. I thought this one. I, I liked this one better actually than yeah than searching. Than searching. But, cool. But huge recommends on both. A film called Malum, which uh, we're going to bring up later in this episode. Cool. Candyland. Oh yeah, loved it. Oh yeah. One of this is maybe this is vying for my top spot right now awesome. for the year. I for horror for horror specifically mm-hmm. Candyland. Uh, definitely look that one up if you haven't. It's kind of a sleazy slasher movie about something that we're going to talk about later, mm-hmm. uh, which is Sex Workers mm-hmm. uh, for our main film. And uh, it's good. It's sensitive. It's funny. It's extremely well acted. It's, I think we both loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bo's Afraid Again. Evil Dead Rise Again. Sisu. The Blackening, Infinity Pool, Scream 6. Yeah. Cool. So it yeah. looks like those are going to kind of be the ones that shake out for the rest of the year as mm-hmm. competing for people's top spot. Yeah. I could see, I mean, we, I can't remember the release date of it yet, but there's that movie Talk to Me. Is that what it's called? Yes. Talk to Me. That's getting a lot of buzz. I, I'm so excited. I'm to excited. See I've only seen, I think, the teaser trailer. And after that, I was like, nope, I'm not going to watch any more of this. I don't need to, I want to go in cold. Good. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be the right move for this one. It, uh, I, I had seen a few people talk about that as it was hitting like the festival circuits like late last year. Mm-hmm. And I've really been looking forward to it. It seems like a lot of people really love that one. Cool. Moving on to the uh, last news item here. Our boy Fede Alvarez has finished filming the ninth Alien movie. <gasps> oh, that's right. I forgot that... He was doing yeah, an installment. Hopefully it's going to be as bold and gross as his Evil Dead remake. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be a uh, a standalone feature is the term that they're using. So it's not going to be directly connected to any of the narratives that were out with uh, Ridley Scott's universe. Because I believe Ridley Scott is wanting to sort of pursue that his story that he's created with. <sighs> you it. know, I am a little bit lost on where the production is of what else is going on in this property. I think yeah. they're talking about doing a TV show as oh, well. That's right. I do remember hearing something about that. Yeah. So this is not going to be a uh, 
a direct continuation of like Alien Covenant or something like that. No, no. Which unfortunately kind of bombed. People didn't really yeah. like that. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I but I definitely wanted. I kept. I keep waiting for this series to go back to Earth. Right. Like we've been wanting that since like meeting Ripley in the first one of like going back to Earth. I'm like, bring the alien to Earth. Let's see it. <laughs> I mean, they kind of do that with Alien versus Predator. Ugh. Yes, they do. Yeah. I I thought it would be funny. We don't we don't know what this this one's called yet. I think it would be funny if they continued like James Cameron's naming scheme, where he just like in the pitch meeting he wrote Alien on a whiteboard and then wrote s at the end of it and put a the vertical line to make it a dollar sign through it (laughs) we're like now that we're on the ninth one it should just be aliens with like yeah eight dollar signs after it i also heard oh interesting little bit Mm -hmm. have you heard about the uh alternate ending to the original alien that scott initially pitched no it sucks Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say it would have precluded Ripley from being in the sequel. So it... Oh. So it all... Basically, the whole movie kind of goes as is now, as the released version goes. But when Ripley, like, shoots the xenomorph with the harpoon or whatever, Mm -hmm. and it starts to fly, she tries to blow it out the hatch. Mm -hmm. Uh, Instead of roasting it with the engines... What happens is it get it gets back into the ship and it tears off Ripley's head. Oh. <laughs> and then it like pushes a button on the comms panel and then it says in Tom Skerritt's voice something like, We're all good to go here or whatever. It's <laughs> Okay. Okay, you kinda had me at the alien getting back in and tearing her head off. I was like, oh, I'm glad that they didn't go that route, but eh, it's not bad. Yeah. The, the mimicry thing of the voice thing. I'm like, unless that was utilized anywhere else in that movie, you just suddenly bust that out of like, Oh yeah, by the way, they can also do this and, and push buttons. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess they were maybe, well, maybe they don't. That's the, it's the creators and Prometheus that do the spaceship stuff, but yeah. Yeah. The, The huge guys. Yeah. But yeah, the, the tiny little, just like the mouth, like the alien goes to push a button with its finger and like the finger opens up and a tinier little finger comes out yeah. of it. <laughs> well, that's probably, that probably the, the alien would open its mouth and that small mouth would come out and it would do the Tom Scarrett voice out of that small <laughs> little mouth. <laughs> Captain Dallas here. We're all ready to go. Launch it. God, that franchise would be way different. <laughs> <laughs> you have to keep expand. You would have to keep expanding this idea that they can like impersonate. People, uh, absolutely. Right? I mean, like the second aliens, the the, were, the aliens would have talking. They would be talking. We would. They would have talking. Yeah. They would talking st- aliens. <laughs> <laughs> they would still end up kind of at that same point eventually, I guess, where there's like the, uh, uh in the Jean-Pierre Genet one, like the, the pink, <laughs> like human alien hybrid. Yeah. With the sad little eyes. Oh my God. It says like mama or what? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Oh yeah. Well, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yes. Hoping Fede can inject some more gore into these 
or this one i guess he's doing yeah bring it back to like the the slasher haunted house kind of genre yeah subgenre that he lived in creature feature yeah do all three because i I, for, I kind of forget that uh alien came out the year after halloween oh yeah and there's so much in common with the slasher genre that takes place in alien mm-hmm. itself oh yeah. yeah one little bit of housekeeping here before we get to the end we are doing something new this week and we will be announcing next week's movies that's a little bit of a spoiler movies we're doing another double feature <laughs> at the end of this episode so if you want to know what they are uh listen to the rest of this <laughs> all the way to the end thank you no fast forwarding you can play it up to 1.3x speed <laughs> nothing faster all right you ready to get into uh the movie this week yeah all right we watched ali abbasi's new film holy spider roll the trade الان نمیدونم یه قاتل انگه و تیم میگن چیه اصلا با خودم فقط شنیدم و شش هفت ماه دنبالشم خب اصلا گیرش نمیار چطوره که شما هنو سر نخی پیدا نکرد؟ یک یعنی میگن این در واقع این شخص طبق فتوا عمل میکنه So since that is not an English language trailer, I'm going to do a short synopsis here from the press materials. Female journalist Rahimi travels to the Iranian holy city of Mashhad to investigate a serial killer targeting sex workers. As she draws closer to exposing his crimes, the opportunity for justice grows harder to attain when the murderer is embraced by many as a hero. Based on the true story of the spider killer Saeed Hanayi, apologies to not this murderer for that pronunciation, who saw himself as on a mission from God as he killed 16 women between 2000 and 2001. So, this is the moment where I feel it's responsible to say that there's going to be some uh, fucked up and upsetting things uh, that are going to be discussed here. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Especially since this is a true story. And we're going to get into it, but I I think it's important to have a discussion about how film can approach, especially real stories about this type of violence. 
in a way that is not damaging or extending the harm caused to the victims exactly and their families so yeah so if we fuck up please let us know we will take any feedback yes graciously very seriously had you heard of this before were you familiar with kind of either this film existing or the story behind it no i had no idea i've never heard of of this story or or the movie so part of the reason that we're getting into it now this was my suggestion is that it's got a and it got distributed on netflix here in the united states and i had been looking forward to seeing this i had heard some pretty positive things and i thought this would be one that would fit within the horror genre but might be a little bit at the fringes of what could be considered Mm -hmm. as a horror movie yeah especially with the way it handles the subject when you were watching this what kind of genre did you see this fitting into do you think it's squarely a horror movie or is it more oblique is it something else it feels horror adjacent i think there's a little bit of overlap because there are some really horrifying moments. I think there are elements to it that maybe align it more with the sort of true crime drama retelling where we, I mean, there's not an exact formula for horror movies, but like a slasher serial killer movie, we tend to maybe not necessarily know who it is or see the face And there is a moment of that where we don't know immediately who this person is. And then we do kind of find out. So we we, find out pretty quickly. And we're following him as well as the other people that are involved in the story. So, I mean, it's not it's not horror per se. I think it's horror adjacent because it is a horrifying story. And the violence that they do show is is pretty awful and 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 terrifying. And that reality of, of this group of people, this community that experiences this kind of violence is really horrifying to think about. Yeah. And the director has said has said explicitly that his intention was not to make a serial killer movie. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he lives in Denmark. At the time of these killings, he was still living in Iran. And he he's he said that this this story stuck in his head because of the way that conservative media, especially, started portraying this serial killer as a hero. Like, and and we get we get that near the end of this film, we get to see that it's it, it's important to say that he fictionalizes. He of course he fictionalizes a lot of this story and changes some elements of it and. It, exaggerates some and de-emphasizes some i think very appropriately yes but it is building off of it is building off of a true story in a way that's trying to be discursive about more society-wide issues Mm -hmm. in a respectful way without making the mistakes that i often see and it sounds like he often sees with the true crime genre or films that focus on reenacting actual Mm -hmm. crimes because he this is a gruesome story Mm -hmm. but something that i 
respect out of this movie is that it's not it it didn't look to me kind of like what people would describe as pornography with like the horror genre like we're not that we're not making aesthetic choices about how to mutilate women harm Mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. and in this case specifically sex workers people who are living in poverty yeah it's it's a movie that's explicitly about cultural and acculturated misogyny. Yeah. And even though I think this, it, it's very clear both in real life and in this fictionalized account that this killer was driven by religious zealotry. Yeah. That the point of this film is that is not the explanation for what happened here. Uh, which I I thought was oh boy <laughs> uh, a, a really respectful approach to a story like this and I think I think those choices move it outside of horror a little bit because yeah I, I find when you when you make something in like a genre like you you have to you don't have to. But maybe more so in the horror genre, you le- you tend to lean into more of the aesthetic choices or the trappings of a subgenre or something like that. Mm-hmm. Something that people can recognize and bite onto. Something that's like highlighted or like extremely exaggerated across the board in a way that makes it disconnected yeah. from reality. It makes it, even if it's horrible shit that you're watching, it's like a fantasy. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think that this was, I think he was successful in decoupling the fan- fantasy elements from the way he told this story. Yeah, absolutely. Because this is ultimately kind of a cat and mouse thing where a journalist is navigating a misogynistic culture mm-hmm. that can be reflected in, you know, worldwide, many different places. This one is specific to a time and a place in Iran. Mm-hmm. And at, it's a cat and mouse thing as she's trying to track down this killer that she thinks the police are basically just not trying to catch because they fucking agree with it. They're letting him do his work. Exactly. Yeah. movie kind of brought me down i'm feeling like it's, my energy yeah, come down it's not like fun. this is a depressing it's it's very depressing i mean there is somewhat of a resolution but what you have to go through through the whole story is really awful well let's talk about some of the more fictional aspects of this mm-hmm. and we can draw some contrast with the real life story a little bit here and then get to the conclusion because i think we should talk about it so this story is, like we said earlier, it's about uh, this reporter, Rahimi, and she's, you know, I, I think by the time the movie starts, probably about 14 murders have occurred, maybe 13. Oh, jeez. And she, through her interviews with people in the street, the police, religious clerics, like, she's kind of putting her pieces up on the board, she's making her connections, and she think she's pinpointed where the killer is is like 
hunting. His, yeah, his hunting grounds. His hunt, yeah. Yeah. So she <laughs> sets up a sting, basically, where she does what a lot of sex workers do in this movie, which is show a little hair, put a little makeup on, mm-hmm. and more importantly, just be outside unaccompanied yeah. at night. Yeah. So she eventually does get picked up by the killer pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the more sensational aspects of this story, for sure. That yeah. did not happen. Again, this reporter oh, I, did th- doesn't exist. Yeah. She's she's fake. And that's one of the most... <laughs> that's, like, one of the most, like, exciting sequences in the movie. Because it is, like... It, it is kind of what she wants. It's, like, Jake Gyllenhaal and Zodiac, like, going down to the basement. When yeah. he thinks that guy might be the killer. Yep. And then <laughs> running out of the house. Yep. Uh, there's a moment in the in the sequence though where Rahimi almost gets got. I thought for a second that, I, and I didn't know. I don't know all the details of how this played out in the real world, but I mean, again, she's not a real person. Uh, did you have a moment there with like 30 minutes left? Yep, I just that thought, you thought oh, she no. was going to get offed. She's just going to get offed. She's going to get here. She goes. What was interesting about this scene or her leading up to setting herself up as sort of going as a vice undercover vice, you know, sort of thing where she's walking around the street. Like she's a sex worker. There's a moment earlier in the movie where she's talking to someone else. That's maybe not a police officer. Maybe it's the other journalist. And she she says that the cops should be paying another sex worker to be bait for the serial killer. And I just, I fucking, I was like, excuse me. <laughs> fuck you. Ah! Like, fuck you. What? Fuck you. I, I someone, was like, that is a bad idea. Yep, that was a terrible <laughs> idea. But then someone, I think, almost immediately says, oh, yeah, good luck getting the sex workers to work with the police. I'm like, yeah, you dummy. Because <laughs> they're already kind of collaborating basically with the serial killer in yeah, a way to yeah. like just not well, really take it seriously because they're never going to ally themselves with the sex workers. Yeah. Like, I think it's a universal kooky. thing that police or law enforcement and sex workers just of in all cultures, like pretty much don't get along regardless. There's no, there's, there's no protections of sex workers, let alone, you know, being constantly harassed by police and law enforcement for, just trying to do their job and exist. Yeah, it's it's just it's something that this movie strikes out to do is to like draw the commonalities to the way that women are treated and especially sex workers are treated, right? Yeah. And I I also would like to say that like there are there there's a lot of nuance to the experience of sex workers. Like I've known Absolutely. people that have done sex work and they have had the resources to basically vet potential clients. Like a lot of people have access to those tools. Mm-hmm. Getting rid of back page was a horrible fucking thing that exposed women. Extremely dangerous. It made women's lives more dangerous. It increased femicide in the yep. United States. It's disgusting. Yeah. That not only is this activity still illegal, this job still illegal, people are legislating to make it actively more difficult and more violent yeah for them to do yep that being said 
Like I've known people who are very fulfilled by it. Like absolutely. Whether I mean whether whether or not you're you're doing like an escort mm-hmm. escort work or just doing an OnlyFans or something like this. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's so it yeah, I did feel in this movie it and I'm not speaking to the situation in Iran because I'm not Iranian. Yeah. I don't know much about the plight of sex workers in Iran. Uh it's it's not always bad. It's extremely yeah. fulfilling. It's a it's yeah. It's a fucking there's, job. There's just not the proper systems of support there for everybody in in any of the sort of different sex worker categories of of jobs that they do. I mean, there's some support in some, but there's there's no laws that are protecting them. But it still is not always this the sort of like forced into it. It's not always this desperation sort of thing. That is very true for many people, but there are people that choose to do it because they enjoy it and they make a lot of money. Or in, or in this country, it gets characterized as one thing and one thing only, which is human trafficking. Yes. Which is absolutely fucking, it's bullshit as a yeah. blanket statement. Not yeah. that that does not happen. Yep. But uh, that's that's the only sort of interface that in the United States, it feels like we have. Yeah, in, in our cultural dialogue, to talk about this issue with. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Uh, so the end of this movie. So Rahimi. In the back half of the film, she ends up finding our killer, mm-hmm. taken to his place. She ends up screaming out the window, "Help! Help! 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 Help!" She has a knife, thankfully. Mm-hmm. She gets away, and this sort of indirectly leads to Saeed getting arrested and put on trial. Yes. What we find when he goes on trial is that the courtroom is very jokey, uh, makes a lot of fun of his victims for being sex workers, which is uh, something that's very real. Yeah. And so it's kind of at that point, once he's like, like Saeed has been afraid of being discovered all this time for his crimes. And he starts to realize that the judicial system and the society mm-hmm. are a little bit less retributive, retributive, either way, than he anticipated. Yes. There are protests outside the courthouse uh, in favor of releasing him. Uh-huh. His wife fully supports him and says that he's been cleaning up the filth in this city. Mm-hmm. He gets treated like Batman. Like yeah. for a lot of people, just yeah. a vigilante with a moral code that people believe a civilian hero. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that turn was sickening. It's sickening for and sure. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, it added a lot of nuance and a lot of truth uh, to kind of this analogy that we've been talking about in this movie, not analogy, this, uh, this discussion that this movie is having. Yeah. So Saeed gets, uh, I was really surprised that he got convicted. I, I did have a little spoiler because I did have the real Wikipedia page up while I totally. was watching this. I made sure not to scroll that far down because Smart. I was sort of read. I'm like, how, how bad is this? Not bad, but how, how brutal and gruesome is this? I think it was the first like kill scene that was happening and I just, I got really sick and I thought, uh oh, like, this is going to be a hard one to watch. Yeah. Yeah. But so I didn't see the outcome of it. But you were you kind of saw that in in your yeah I, I well I I knew kind of 
what the what the material facts were about a lot of these murders but i also knew that this ended with him getting sentenced to execution mm-hmm. uh, and that execution is ultimately fulfilled in real life yes and in the movie there's a moment where you think he's gonna get away yeah he's like got people on the inside like the guards are joking with him they're not gonna give him his lashes there's almost a comedic scene where he gets pulled in another room to get his lashes yep. and the guard is just whipping the wall and he's like laughing as he's like yeah. going oh ah ooh ee ah like, yeah yeah like and it's almost making fun i felt like me as a viewer that like i mean at that point you're like kill this fucking guy i know and it, you're like it's like oh my god this movie's just making fun of me just yep. saying like at this moment this, this guy's getting on me yeah like this guy's gonna get away yeah like it's gonna be like this just bleak fucking thing where he's mm-hmm. unleashed on the world he just again, gets which, to go yeah yeah uh so he is ultimately led into uh, a room to be hanged where he thinks he's going to be let out uh he puts he gets the noose put around his neck uh even though he thinks he's going to be let out to a car and taken away and released mm-hmm. uh and he says something here which apparently this journalist witnessed this execution in real life which oh. does not happen in the movie mm-hmm. uh, but she heard him say something that he says here which is, uh, this wasn't the deal. Apparently those were his last words before he was hanged in real life. Mm. So there's speculation. Yeah. To be that made the from that. Yeah. Yes. That there was some actual conversation going on behind the scenes about, you know, something extrajudicial yeah. happening here in yep. terms of that they were going to, yeah, fake his execution, let him go, let him go, Something continue like doing what he was doing. Because they bring up multiple times in the movie how the police were not... I mean, the police let it get to 13, 14 murders before it seemed like it was even like, a, oh, maybe we should look a little deeper into it. Or it didn't seem like they were even trying to look in, into any of these sex workers' murders until it was that high already. And it's like, oh, yeah, okay. So, you know, the police are in a way thrilled that this guy is out there kind of cleaning up the streets for them. So you think like, yeah, that that's how it's going to end that this guy is going to just be let go. And yeah, he has that big self aggrandizing speech where like Rahimi asks him like, isn't you wanted to do more? Wasn't 17 enough. And he's like, Oh, I've cased 200 people. And then once I cleaned out this zone, I was going to do the rest of Iran. Yep. And you unfortunately do kind of get that objective restated in the last shots of the movie, mm-hmm. which is Rahimi's leaving on the bus. She goes back through the footage that she recorded as part of her reporting. Yeah. And the last scene you watch is his son talking about how 10 to 20 people have asked him if he's going to continue his father's work. Mm-hmm. And then you watch him in very graphic detail explain his father's process of executing people which he then demonstrates on his younger sister which was like it made me feel ill it made me feel ill was that was there was a part of me that i was watching that video footage and i thought are they showing us real video footage here thank god okay i know i like it was but there was so much like convincing the the acting in this it was so convincing of that son and like he gives a the way excellent he's, performance for yeah, a younger actor he's like it's very nonchalant but he also like there's a little glimmer in his eye when 
he says that that thing about people asking him like do you think you'll carry on your father's work he smiles after yeah. his father tells him what he did yeah like, explicitly yeah like and it the ultimate message the ultimate message of this movie is not just about what we were talking about earlier which is this global pandemic of misogyny mm-hmm. and violence that comes with that mm-hmm. forcing that ideology but also specifically the mechanism by which misogyny is spread yep and how it's spread between spouses and how it's handed down to your children yeah i mean even his i mean even over to the sibling exactly like when he's She's, kneeling he asks her to lay down kneeling in quotes on her neck and she's she looks like she's maybe four years old yeah and she's just like willingly i mean she doesn't probably completely understand what he's doing but that's the she's thing pretending is, is to what be is she de- no say- she kind of does because he rolls her up in the carpet exactly and she says i'm dead and what does she do? What does she do throughout that entire movie? She asks people to play with her. She asks the men yep. in the movie, her father specifically, to play with her. Yep. And when her brother starts finally kneeling on her neck and suffocating her with his forearm, uh-huh. she thinks it's play. This is playtime. We're doing playtime. I can pretend. Yeah, I know what you're doing. I'm dead. I'm a body rolled up in a carpet. I'm dead. Yep. Yeah. It's. Oof. We're going to watch something more fun next week. Yeah, we promise. (laughs) (laughs) This movie got me a little keyed up. Oh, yeah. A very sad thumbs up for me. Yes, me as well. It's a recommendation, but also tread lightly. It's yeah, not a fun Friday night movie. Kind of traumatic. Okay. Let's well, move on. Yeah. We got one more last we got one more point before we do the uh the beg you part of this show. <laughs> <laughs> so next week's films. We're doing a double feature again. It's gonna make more sense than when we did the blackening with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Yeah. Excuse me, Winnie the Pooh, Blood or Honey. Is it listen? Or? No, it's end. Okay. Listen to what you said in the. Oh last yes, episode. no, you're right. Remember, it's, is it blood or is it honey? <laughs> uh, we are going to be watching two films next week. Uh, the first one is going to be a 2023 film called Malum, M A L U M. So check that one out before next Tuesday. I think I should have this episode, uh, that episode edited just in time to come out on Tuesday morning, and we're going to pair that with. 2010's Insidious. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. I think over the next four or five episodes, we're going to do... I'd like to do one of the Insidious movies. Uh, Because the new one just came out, directed by Patrick Wilson. Yeah. And it's apparently the last one in the franchise. Let's do it. We'll see. So I need a refresher of the last 13 years of Insidious content. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get there. Yeah. And as always, please follow us wherever podcasts are available. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. And if you think this was less than a five-star experience, please shut the fuck up. Keep it to yourself. Yeah, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Quietly unsubscribe. (laughs) We're the only horror movie podcast 
And we're the only horror movie podcast that tells you to stop listening. (laughs) (laughs) You can also email us at screamingroompod at gmail.com. All right. You got anything else? No. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah.